Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And unlike your local retail store, we're jumping into the holiday season early. (laughs) Uh, In this episode, we cover Planes, Trains and Automobiles from 1987 and Home Alone from 1990. Yeah, so this is a fun episode. We're doing it in November because uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a Thanksgiving movie. We are very, very aware that Home Alone is a Christmas movie. But it turns out that from 93 to 96, uh, NBC aired it on the Thanksgiving, like their 8pm Thanksgiving slot. So they also consider Home Alone to be a Thanksgiving movie, even though it's clearly not. Um, But yeah, this one's a fun one. So these are two movies... Written by John Hughes, where John Candy helps a parent who is trying to get home to Chicago in time for the holidays to see their children. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're very, very hard focusing on John Candy in this episode, um, <laughs> rather than Kevin McAllister and yeah, the rest yeah. of the family. We're, yeah, we're going to do like a proper analysis of Kate McAllister more so than any of the other yeah, McAllisters, yeah. I think. Um, which is probably not how most people watch Home Alone. Yeah. I've, I found that even, like, I didn't take many notes because I've seen the movie so many times, but when I was taking notes, I was, like, exclusively taking notes through Kate scenes. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it's Catherine O'Hara, so what's she up to? Yeah, what's she doing now? Um, the first thing I'd like to talk about, this is the second time you've seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, yes. correct? Yeah. You've you both seen them recently, so this year? Has it been this year? No. No. When did you see Planes, Trains, and Automobiles first? It was. It would have been last year. Okay, so it's, it's a, you know, it's not that far apart. Yeah. For like, you know, since 87 to now. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I've noticed this time watching it from a more like, I'm watching a movie for entertainment value versus I'm watching it to, you know, talk to strangers on the internet about, mm-hmm. um, it is very much... A story of a white collar male in the eighties dealing with a blue collar male in the eighties, mm. and how their lifestyles are very different, and their mindsets are very different. Yeah, because um, Steve Martin's character spends the entire time thinking everything is about him, everything is happening to him. He is the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And John Candy's character is just existing in the universe. And it's just like, yeah, I'm along for the ride. I've got no control over my own future or my past. I'm just, I'm, I'm going with the wave, my bro. Mm-hmm. And it definitely shows in their attitudes throughout the movie and just how they interact with situations. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your opinion on, on that, Lisa? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely it. I was, I was going to say, my, my point of view of this film is as someone who has spent most of my adult life working in some form of customer service, is that these guys are both dicks. <laughs> um, and there's a little bit of catharsis in how the people, the like customer service people that they're treating like dicks, uh, can actually respond in a negative way to them. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's some great scenes with Steve Martin just being an absolute asshole to, you know, like Everybody. the... Yeah, but like the guy at the taxi stand or the woman in the car rental place and they get to just deny him the service outright, yeah. which is wonderful. It is very much that whole I am the centre of the universe and everybody revolves around me yeah. kind of mentality the, that came from white-collar people in the 80s. The, I mean, not to dwell on it too much, but the um, that car rental scene is ridiculous because he shows up at the desk and yes, he's been through a tough time, but she, he hasn't even told her what's going on yet. He doesn't give her a chance to actually try to help him. Yeah. He just walks up to her and starts, like, just giving her, like, a tirade of, like, curse words and being an absolute just menace towards her when she's done nothing and knows doesn't even know what his situation is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I love that she gets to just be like, well... <laughs> um, he's such a dick but he's a dick the whole time he's a dick the entire movie the entire movie he's and it's such funny an because the movie is shot in a way where you're supposed to be like on his side yeah 
and it, and you and by the end of the movie, like he has some mild redemption, but you look through it from a lens of you know almost forty years later, and you're like, you're a dick, bro. Like, yeah. It's, I I think they knew that they were doing that though. Like, I don't think they made it thinking he was a nice guy. You know so what it's I mean? Unlike all the National Lampoons with Chevy Chase in them, it was the opposite of that. Yeah, that's what you're saying. No, I think Chevy Chase is also supposed to be an asshole in those movies. Yeah, but you're supposed to root for him, even though he is an asshole. Um, um, I don't know. I I think you're more supposed to root for John Candy in this one. Yeah. But he's also not that nice half no, the time. He's... Like, um, what's the nicest way to put it? He does not understand normality. Obviously, like, based on what his character is... Like, he's a traveling salesman, mm-hmm. which is something that, like, died in the end of the, like, end of the 80s. Um, the other famous traveling salesman character is the dad from Gremlins. Because um, <laughs> he just, like, travels the country Another selling... holiday movie. Yeah, tra- selling terrible, like, inventions. Uh, That's another, by the way, another Christmas movie that we covered on the podcast, Not at Christmas. Yeah. So we've got a trend here. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, yeah, he's, it's, everything he does would be seen as very socially awkward and uncouth in this day. Like, smoking in the car with a non-smoker is like a big no-no these days. Um, smoking in bed, drink, like, just all the things he does. The socks in the sink is beyond vile. How how he leaves the shower when they end up having to rent a hotel room together is vile. Like, he would be an unlivable person to deal with uh, in a normal situation, Mm -hmm. not when you're trying to get across the country within a deadline. Um, Yeah, I I, I literally wrote down at one point, as funny as this movie is, both of these guys would be a nightmare to travel with, and uh, Del would 100% get you killed. Yeah. As, as much as he's the, the nice guy in the movie, like, if you were, if you actually went traveling with him and he was actually like that, you would die. Yes. It's a miracle that they don't die yeah. in this movie. From either the, uh, the automobile fire to the, the or, car crash. Yeah, I was going to say, the car crash comes before the, the yeah. fire. Yeah, it's, it's um, the dangerous driving... Mm-hmm. The you know compounding the fact that they're like lack of sleep with like drinking, yeah. like they do it multiple days, and it's just like you know you're drinking like liquor, like not liquor store, um, like mini fridge mm-hmm. liquor. Like if they're broke, why are they like only eating the most expensive snacks in the universe? Also, hang on, you I know you said they're broke. Why was Steve Martin's character? Carrying $700 in cash in his wallet? I'm pretty sure because... I'm pretty sure it's just, like, normal to him. Why? Why is that normal? It's just walking around money. $700. It's walking around money for a guy who works in an industry of advertisement where he can afford to fly first class wherever he wants. Yeah, true. He is just a dick. Yeah. In a situation like to everybody, he's a dick to everybody, and it's hilarious. And also, he like he yeah like he's supposed to be the hero of the story, but he's really just getting his comeuffins wherever he goes. So, Some things, honestly, are really bad luck on his part. Yeah, like turning up, like getting dropped off in a car park with all the rental cars, and um, only his ones missing. Yeah. Being in a shitty hotel room where he and the guy he's sleeping next to are robbed mm. by like some random person that was just like introduced randomly, just like oh yeah, there's the, the thief that goes around and by the damage to the like lock, this is not the first time this person does it. It's probably yeah. what they do constantly. Yeah, um, it had a very weird moment for me. Um, one of the stories in VHS, which is a like collection of horror movies that are from like camcorder point of view. One of them is like a robbery inside one of those crappy hotels, right? And it's like very disturbing. 
but it's a, a motel. Mo- yeah, yeah, motel. Ho- yeah, yeah, motel. You're right. Yeah, it's it's the same. It's the same. But yeah, it's not really the same. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just saying, like the 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 VHS thing's the same sort of okay. motel. Um, yeah, it's just it's just that's such a violation of like being robbed while you're asleep and yeah. knowing the person was like in the room. Obviously, they don't because it just sort of comes up as like a who's paying for breakfast? Oh no, I don't have any money. We'll check my wallet. Oh, you don't have any money. Like, what do we do now? Hmm. Oh no, my my credit cards are melted. Oh, by the way, I stole your credit. Like, our credit <laughs> cards got mixed up, and I didn't like bother to tell or give it back to you. I was just like using it. Yeah. Because you're rich and I'm not. Um, yeah, which is case in point. He's not a nice guy, even yeah. though he presents himself as a nice guy. Did you see Kevin Bacon? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I see. What yeah. do you mean? Did I see Kevin Bacon? He's so, like. It's not like he's in disguise, it's just clearly Kevin Bacon. It's just so funny that he's just, like, in that one piece of the movie, and that's yeah. it. But I don't know if he was famous then? I don't think he was, was he? Uh, I believe, yeah, he was. This is around the same time as, like, Footloose. So it was stuff. just, like, a random cameo. Yeah, he's billed fourth on the cast list, even oh, though wow. he's, <laughs> he's in, in it for, movie, like, a like... minute and has no dialogue. Yeah. Um, there's even, a, apparently, like, the... I didn't really catch it, but the when one of the scenes where it's showing um, Steve Martin's wife, um, she's watching a movie, and it's a Kevin Bacon movie that she's watching. So I don't know if he's supposed to actually be playing Kevin Bacon, <laughs> which would be ridiculous. But then why would he be trying to catch a cab? Um, just an odd, an odd one. Yeah, it's just a fun little cameo. Um, so John Candy's character in Home Alone is much nicer. Yeah. And safer, right, yes. from what we can tell. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the situation, as you know, because it's Home Alone and pretty much everybody who's, as, you know, we're listening to a podcast, uh, who's probably seen it, um, the story of, you know, Kevin McAllister being left at home when his family go to France and then his like family are trying to get back from France to rescue him while he's getting attacked by the wet bandits who are... Mm-hmm. burglars yep. and um, but we're not focusing on Kevin's story we're focusing on the family story and trying to get back Yep. and it is very interesting because where do they make they make Scranton yeah Scranton Pennsylvania is that the office I don't know I haven't watched the office oh, okay I can Scranton comes up I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while you while you talk but I'm pretty sure I think Scranton is from the office well, well, there's, from the office, yeah. it's a real <laughs> one. They, they made up Scranton for the yeah. office. Uh, there's like a dozen different cities called Scranton in the United States, so I, it might... Scranton, Pennsylvania is yep. where the office is set. Yep, that's the same one that yeah. they go to in Home Alone. Interesting. What I, what I looked up while we were watching Home Alone was whether or not there are direct flights from Paris to Scranton, Pennsylvania, because it seemed like an odd... An odd um, place for her to end up yeah. getting a plane from Paris. And... Certainly at the moment, there are not. So I would wonder were there at the time. Because um, if you want to go from Paris to Scranton, it seems like the most direct way to do it is to go uh, have a stopover in New York. Right. But if you were able to get on a flight to New York from Paris, surely there's more flights from New York to Chicago than there are from Scranton to Chicago. It's maybe... Maybe it's one of those, like, she's stuck in the pinball machine of, like, air travel. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of plane, trains, and automobiles. Because planes, trains, and automobiles, he's been at a meeting in New York, and he's trying to get back to Chicago for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And he gets, he does manage to make his flight to Chicago, um, but the flights aren't landing in Chicago because there's a, a blizzard or snowstorms or whatever. Yeah. So his flight lined, lands in Wichita. Is that right? I think so. I think, it's, I think they land in Wichita, in, which is in Kansas, I believe. Yeah. Um. So he's stuck in Wichita, Kansas, and then they end up, you know, staying in a motel and then getting a train and the train breaks in and then they, you know, he try to get the car and that doesn't go well. Um. But so yes, yeah, so they both end up like... Getting to places they're not supposed, they don't that aren't where they want to be. Yeah, it's a real show of Steve Martin's character in that movie where he's never been on a bus before in his life. Yes, but then again, maybe that's just an American thing. 
It also shows how unreliable the American transport, like, pub, like publicly available transport system was in the 80s. Well, it's, that's also incredibly funny because if you notice, none of the agencies that they use are real. Yeah, they're not branded. Yeah. Because none of the brands would let them use it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Whereas in Home Alone, they do let them use actual, actual brands. Um, yeah, because U-Haul is the, the truck they're in. That's got the like the band playing in the back. Yeah, and the the airlines I can't remember now which airlines they are, but there are airlines included in it that are actual airlines. I think um, it was American, wasn't it? Was it not just American Airlines? I'm pretty sure that was what was on the outside of right. the, the terminal. Um, whereas all the ones in the airlines and the rail companies and everything that are in planes, trains, and automobiles are all made up because no, no one, yeah. no one would let them because <laughs> they didn't want to be. Um, associated with uh you know with being inept or deficient or you know not being able to help people the biggest moment for me re-watching this for a you know 2023 lens was when he talks about crossing a runway yeah you would not get 500 meters from a runway these days yeah that's like so yeah, you insane walk across to me. a runway to get there yeah and in obviously home alone you have them arriving you know they they're i think when they wake up their plane is in 45 minutes yeah from new from chicago to paris yeah and then they manage to get, get there the, yeah. and get on the plane because they just literally just have to sprint through the airport there's no proper security yeah um, which is crazy in a you know post nine eleven world. It's also what Buzz says to his sister or his cousin. I can't remember. Then they all look un un unremarkable. Um, they all blend into one in my brain, except for his little brother. Um, no, well, he plays the cousin. Yeah, is, which is ironic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Buzz says, America is the safest country in the world. Nothing ever happens in America. And I was just like... <sighs> Awkward. Wait 20 years, buddy. 20 uh, years? Well, 10, 10 years? 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 10 years after that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the first attack on the Trade Center was 92. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Um... Yeah, that's just a statement that does not not live up to the modern era. I mean, I don't think it lived up back then because I'm yeah, sure true. there were school shootings and things and in that era, right? Well, they couldn't have all been... Most of the active serial killers that we know in history were like the eight, like in the true. 80s, you that's know? That's true. Um, so many American serial killers yeah. before this movie came out. Yeah. America is the, America's safest, the place. safest place. Okay. Try your hat. It's also, their there. parents are clearly criminals. What is Peter McAllister's job? But it's his brother that's brought them over to Paris, right? Isn't that the whole thing? Okay, have you seen the house they live in? And the street they live on? Yeah. It's not like the, the, the old saying of, like, get the worst house on the best street. They live in the nicest house on the nicest street, and that's literally why they're being targeted for burglary. Yeah, um, clearly it's just that they're like a crime family or something. There's no way. Is it mentioned anywhere what he does? No. So nowhere within the like extended universe of Home Alone is mentioned what no, he does? No, not that I'm aware of. He's not like in sanitation or in that... accounting or something. Like what the old mafioso people used to say in the old mafia movies. I'm um, in sanitation. No, nothing. Uh, allegedly, this is allegedly, but well, I don't know what the source is. Allegedly, he does day trading. In the 80s? In the 90s? Cause in was, 1990, this is it. Because when did the stock market massively crash? That was like 80-something? 80, 80... What was the big Wall Street crash? Um... 1929. No, not the... <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, yeah, there's no... It's never mentioned in the, in the actual movies, as far as I'm aware. Right. So where does that allegedly come from? Um, I don't know. Let me, let me see. Does this, does this quote a source anywhere? 
this just says allegedly he's a successful day trader. The big crashes were uh, 1987, the winning side of the crashes because when we talk about crashes it's like the big short people end up winning if they're in the right so maybe it is like super dodgy yeah it's 100% dodgy um and I know there's a lot of I've always seen theories that Uncle Frank was in league with the wet bandits because okay. because he wanted his brother's money so he wanted them to steal the stuff for him right apparently the original version of the script, that is accurate. Oh. Um, he paid the wet bandits to come and rob the house. Um, and tip them off on when they'd be leaving, which is why they show up the day before. Right. Um, but also in that original version of the script, he purposely told Buzz to eat Kevin's pizza so that Kevin would get in trouble and be sent to the attic and be forgotten. So I guess he wanted to kill Kevin? Which makes no sense. I don't understand why that would be in the script. Um, so I also understand why they cut all that from the script. Because that makes no sense to me. If if Uncle Frank was like, I'm going to orchestrate this yeah, so that we, live, we live this child behind. Murdering and, a child and getting my brother's house robbed. Yeah. It's an odd one. But I can then understand why people theorize that Uncle Frank did get them to rob the house. Because there would be... You know, some hints to that because that was the original plan. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting to know. Because um, I don't know what Uncle Frank does either. No, none of them seem to have jobs. Yeah. And the other brother has a house in Paris and a house in New York. Which during two is being renovated, yeah. And they have their kids. Their kids are in school in Chicago. Yeah. And living with Peter McAllister. Well, the kids are in school, and then they're going back to Paris for the holiday, and he's flying both families, you know, both of his brothers and their, their many children. Yeah. So it's bizarre. There's so many people in that family, and they have so much money. It's bizarre. And there's it's, no it's explanation. A, it's a mystery that will never be solved, yeah. unless the writer comes out and says, blah, this is how. It's, it's a very weird thing that you sort of gloss over as a child because you're just like oh yeah they live in a house oh yeah all of yeah. them are together oh it's yeah an enormous house yeah it's crazy i mean it's much bigger even than than um the house in planes trains and automobiles which is also in chicago yeah and it's also a big house owned by a rich guy who is some kind of businessman at least we see him do actual work well, not really. He just sits there and in a meeting, meeting yeah. while his boss just looks at stuff and it's just like... But we know he has a job. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> at the very least. Um, which, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's it's always going to be a mystery what uh, what the McAllisters are up to. Fair. Um, but anyway, comparing these movies, you've got the children in Chicago well in one obviously Home Alone you've just got Kevin on his own in Chicago yeah. in the other one you've got the wife and the kids in Chicago and they're not in Chicago and they gotta get to Chicago <laughs> yeah that was that was what the explanation was and they but they both meet John Candy in an airport as well um mm. Oh, yeah, because there is, like, a... There is, like, a weird moment before. where he's just, like, a, he trips over his... He yeah, steals trips. his taxi after tripping over his, like, ridiculous... Like, trunk. Trunk thing that he's carrying yeah. around. So there's a bunch of coincidences. They keep running into each other. Yeah. Um, and then they meet in the airport, and then they end up next to each other on the plane. At least John Candy's character, when he talks about the fact that, like, hey, you stole my taxi, and he's just yeah. like, can I make it up to you? And he's just, like... It's so bizarre. I'd love somebody to talk about, like, from a from a um, like a behavioral point of view. He wants to lash out. Steve Martin wants to lash yeah. out about like how pissed off he is, but then doesn't accept the guy's apology or any way to make it up to him. Yeah. He just wants to, like, try and. 
sort of like screw with the dude's mind like oh well you screwed me over and there is no apology for screwing over me you just yeah. have to live you have to live with the guilt for the rest of your life because I'm so amazing and so <laughs> self-important that's the attitude that he gives off on that for basically yeah. for like the first half of the movie yeah the second half is just survival, but the first half of the movie is like, you're fucking me over, and I'm the most important person yeah. in the world. I mean, but this is why I think that all that is intentional. Like, we're not supposed to be rooting for him. We're supposed yeah. to think he's a dick, because then you get, um, skipping to the end of the movie, um, you get that moment of realisation when they finally split up and go their separate ways, and he's headed home, where he stops and actually thinks about Yeah everything that they've they've done together and everything that, that John Candy's character has said and he realises this guy doesn't actually have somewhere to go. That's the funniest thing that you just brought up because it is literally the only the moment where they're never going to see each other. He even thinks about anything he's said. Yeah. And they've been together for like, what is it, like three days, four days? Yeah. It's the first time he ever thinks about anything the other dude said. Yeah, it's the first time he actually... Because he's just been so focused... On himself and his own problems and what he wants and how he's inconvenienced by everything and how this guy's just annoying to him and yeah. you know it's all about his problems and this is the first time he sat and thought about you know and he's thinking like positively like oh you know what it was an okay time or whatever but yeah. then he suddenly like is actually considering what he has heard him say over the last couple of days and realizes that this guy doesn't actually have anywhere yeah. and as bad as he feels like things are that he's late home. At least he has a home to go to, you know? And it's interesting that his character in Home Alone is basically the same thing. Yeah. But you only get, very, like, but it's more stretched out of, like, him being the king of poker and his entire band. Yeah. And he, like, when they're sitting in the thing talking about, you know, like, she's like, am I a bad mother for leaving my son alone? Yeah. And he's just like, no, like... He's a piece of shit, he's a piece of shit, he's a piece of shit, I'm a piece of shit, yeah. we're all pieces of shit here, like, <laughs> don't worry about it, you're in good company. And it's such a dark moment, like, what does he say, like, as long as his kids don't write a memoir, he'll be fine? Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Does yeah. that mean, like, he's such an awful person that, like, it'll be a top-selling book, like, mm. oh my dad abandoned her entire family to go be a traveling poker play like the musician on the road with his greasy friends yeah it's such a bizarre moment because it's like the first scene they get together he overhears her in the airport he's like come with us she's like fine and then they just like had all their instruments set up in the back mm -hmm. which I don't know about you, but I have. Um, have you ever ridden in the back of a truck? I feel like they have, but I can't think of a specific time where I have, so I'm not sure. When you're not wearing, like, the thing you keep making comments of when we've been watching stuff recently is why is no one wearing a seatbelt? They're it. not wearing a seatbelt. They're sitting on, like, what I would describe as benches yeah. with instruments in there, and they're going on, like, interstate motorways mm -hmm. so changing lanes everybody's going to be thrown from one side of the truck to the other yeah. not to mention they've got a full freaking drum set set up <laughs> like it's i know it's like a throwaway thing in a haha -ha comedy movie but like it's so bizarre to me that whole sequence of just her like in the u-haul truck with the whole band set up and they're like sleeping inside their giant jackets yeah and like just that whole interaction of like, am I a bad parent? It's like, we're all freaking bad parents. Look, you know. Yeah, it's not not really helpful. That that reminds me of the one of the IMDb trivia things I found. For no, Home Alone? Or? For Home Alone. Okay. I'm going to say, take this absolutely with a grain of salt because I could not find any mention of it anywhere except this IMDb trivia. Oh. So I feel like it's probably someone has made this up. Not peer-reviewed then. Yeah, I, I, because I was I read it and I was like, what the hell? And then I was like, look it up, but I couldn't find. So might not be true. It is on IMDb. They're supposed to not publish it if it's, you know, made up bullshit. But 
it's like Wikipedia, it can be written by anyone, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but the, so the fact, I'll read it out as it's written. Uh, many people think that the film is unrealistic in its portrayal of how the police would have acted if a Home Alone incident did occur. The writers and directors had actually consulted with a local police officer, Jeff Jefferson. So his name doesn't sound real, but, yeah. but there are people named Jeff Jefferson out there. Um, and he co-wrote all police scenes uh, with them. The writers and directors were confident with their plan and confused with the audience reaction. Five years later, Jeff Jefferson was himself arrested for child neglect, having left his own children alone for multiple times over the past six years. Wow. So if that's true, like, <laughs> you can understand why they're like, oh, yeah, the police would respond in this way. And it's like because the one police officer they consulted with was like, yeah, I'd do it that way. Yeah. And it turns out he was neglecting his own children. That's dark. Um, so I just thought of that when you were talking about how John Candy's like, yeah, you're not a bad parent. We all do that. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, that just makes you also bad parents. Yeah. Um, that's that not so good. bizarre. Yeah, so I don't know how true it is because I f- couldn't find other sources about it. Um, if you can find other sources, let me know in our Discord. Um, the... The thing that also people point out about uh, Home Alone, and I don't know if we talked about this last time we covered Home Alone. We didn't. We haven't covered Home Alone. What? When will we have covered Home Alone before? I thought we'd already covered Home Alone. With what? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I was like, before we started recording, I was like, yeah, this is the second time we're covering Home Alone. No, it's no. not. Did we just watch it for funsies last year? Yeah, we watch it every year. Wow, but it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. So much has happened and since we can't, last Christmas. It would be, you know, we love to watch Home Alone 2 Escape Escape from New York. Escape to New York? Escape from New York, yeah. Um, Snake Pliskin. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Home Alone 2, Snake Pliskin. Um and we can't watch that without watching the first one. So I think I think the so we will co- we will cover Home Alone again. Mm, I believe we will. Because of our remake series. Oh, that's not what I was thinking of. Oh, no. You're Home Alone 4. The fourth Home Alone coverage. <laughs> no, the fourth Home Alone isn't a remake. No, I'm saying we'll have to cover Home Alone four times. Four times? Yeah. What's the fourth time? Well, you said the remake. So No, you said the remake. So I, said the, I said the remake, there, which is just a copy of... I don't think it is a remake. It's a continuation, right? Because Buzz is in it as a police officer. Okay, so it happens within the same universe, but it's the same movie over and over again. Does he also neglect children in that? We'll find out in the next episode. (laughs) We're not doing two upload episodes in a row. That's not happening. No. I Uh, was thinking that in the distant future, because we haven't got it actually planned yet, we could do a Home Alone versus Die Hard Christmas special. Because I think you could compare them. Yeah. We'll have to think more on that. Yeah. But I think that would no, be I'm, fun. No, let's do it. Let's do it now. Yeah. Um, not now. It'll be in like five years or something. <laughs> <laughs> but something to consider. The, um, where were we? You were talking about how we covered Home Alone before. You said the last time we covered it, which was never. So I don't know. You slipped into an alternate timeline. That's right. Slipping into an alternate timeline. Back to our timeline. Um where zeppelins exist no 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 they don't but that's the wrong timeline oh whoops come back come back (laughs) so people a lot of people question in the movie how was he able to make phone calls to local areas but no one could get it through to him and the answer was in that era and i don't think it's explained in the movie but it was definitely explained if you were in that sort of region of the States or lived in the States in the nineties, the local phone line and the like larger international grid Mm -hmm. were two different phone lines. So that explains why he could order a pizza yet. The family couldn't contact him when they arrived in Paris. Well, I have many problems with that whole situation, which is that the power and phones went out. Was that on the whole block? Or just their house? I think it might have been just the extension from their house. Oh, okay. Because I thought it was was the the whole block. Yeah. 
Um, and then I was wondering why all the lights come on on the timers at the right time because they would have all been screwed up. I'm pretty sure it's just their house. I think okay. it's just the connection to their house. Well, their lights still come on on a timer even though they wouldn't have had time to reset it when they were running around in that morning. So that doesn't make sense. It depends on the type of timer because you can buy mechanical ones and the mechanical ones were the ones that were available in that era because we had them. When I was a kid. What do you mean mechanical ones? So it's like um, a multi-plug. Yeah, no, that's the only type of timer I was thinking of. The if ones that are like literally... It's like a, a clock, clock thing, yeah. yeah. So if you had that plugged in and you had the timer set up and the power went out, the time would stop. But they've got so, physical pins. Yeah. They've got physical pins, but the pins are at specific times. Yeah, but when the power turns on, it'll just click at the same pins. Because the clock will yes, start running again. Well, the power has come on at a different time to when it didn't turn off and come back on exactly 24 hours apart. The, we it, don't know how long apart was it. Well, we know that it was after they went to bed that it went out and it came back on before they needed to be on their flight in the morning. Okay. So it's like eight hours. Um, yeah. So if it's, so that means that their, all their lights should come on eight hours later. Than when they were scheduled Depends to. Depends when the power went out, though. Yeah, but it still would be several yeah, hours yeah, later. Yeah. It wouldn't be at the time that yeah, yeah, he yeah. had... And so, it, like, when he's doing his like, and these ones are coming next, and these ones are coming next, theirs wouldn't have come on at the right time. True. Also, how did he work that out? I don't know. Also, why did all the neighbours have their their lights coming on, like, in one-minute intervals from know. each other? Yeah. Maybe it's part of, like, the um, homeowners association? That, what, this person's lights need to turn on at 8.57 and this person's lights turn on at 8.58? No, they sort of all have to have their lights turn on at a certain time to, like, improve the, like, quality. But then they'd them. all turn on at the same time. No. The fact that he knew down to the minute when each of them was turning on, but they all turn on, like, within, like, 30 seconds yeah, or a minute yeah, after yeah. each other it makes no sense. True. It makes absolutely no sense. And then the phone line situation... I mean, if the phone lines went down everywhere, or to the whole block, then how were they able to call the neighbors? If the phone lines only went down, to the, if the phone lines only went down to them, they first of all, I get, I get what you're saying about the international and the local stuff, but they called the police and asked the police to call them, and because it was only affecting their street, because the break was in literally across the road from their house. So you're saying that he can only call people within the street. No, I'm saying he can only call people locally in the local area. But then the police should have been able to call him. The well, local police. But that's not what she asked them to do. She, they said they were calling people and asking them all to keep calling the house. Yeah, no one did it. Mm, I don't know. So either they had the um, voice machine on automatic. There's possibly. Maybe they had like a call waiting system. Like you, uh, when you set up your email... To whenever somebody gets an email, they get an automatic reply saying, I'm out of the office until X time. Yeah, but if they were telling people to call them, they still would have called rather than just like, like they would have waited for it to, the message to disappear. Right? True. I don't know. It doesn't, there's a lot of stuff doesn't make sense. I still love the movie. Yeah. It, it, a lot of stuff doesn't make it sense. It doesn't make sense in the context of reality, but movies don't take place in reality. They take place within their own separate universe. Hmm. And some universes are linked together. Um, so what's the time frame on planes, trains, and automobiles? I think it's four days. Four days. Because I think the first night when they arrive in... Wichita. Wichita, they stay in the hotel. Yeah. And that's when they sleep in the bed together and he puts the socks in the sink. Um, mm -hmm. The second time, uh, the second day, I think it's the, is that when the credit cards get mixed up? When they go to the, like, the dodgy hotel? They're so, robbed on the first night, right? They're robbed on the first night yeah. in the motel. And then they go, so the second day they do like the, they end up getting the train and the train breaks down. Yeah. And then they rent the car. And then so the rent the car would be overnight. So that'd be the second day. Okay. But, they, but then they, the day. but they stop overnight, don't they? It, in that place after the car blows up. They do go to a second that's motel. A, yeah. So that's night two. It is night two, yes, you're right. So is it only three days? It must be only three days. Um, and in Home Alone, 
Home Alone starts on a Monday night. So they leave Kevin alone on the Tuesday morning yeah. and arrive back on the Friday. Right. So that's also three days, or four days. Yeah. No, that's three days, right? Because it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But that's three nights, rather, whereas the other one's only two nights. Yeah. Similar time frame. But it happens over, yeah, because it happens in three days, two nights. Three days, two nights for planes, trains, automobiles, yeah. four days, three nights for yeah. the other one. Um, the other thing is that in both cases, they're kind of presented with two options and they pick the wrong one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the wrong one is going with John Candy. <laughs> because in Home Alone, they're offered tickets on a flight on Friday. Yeah. And she's like, I can't, I've got to, you know, and then she stays and begs people and trades her earrings and first class tickets and everything to get on a, a whatever plane she can get on. Um, and ends up getting home like a minute and a half before the rest of the family yeah. arrive home and they took that flight on Friday. So if yeah. she stayed with them and taken the Friday flight, she would have got home at the same time. Whereas planes, trains and automobiles, his options are to stay in the airport or to go with John Candy. Yeah. And he decides to go with John Candy, but then you get the cut to like his wife watching the news and they're saying oh Chicago's clearing up we're letting flights back in so if he'd stayed in the airport and got on the next flight he would have been home (laughs) so in one staying at the airport was the wrong decision and one staying in the airport would have been the right decision yeah it's um it's a very bizarre set of circumstances for both yeah I don't know when we travelled internationally what would have happened if we'd been stuck somewhere. Well, I know what would happen if we'd been stuck in LA, but like that whole Auckland hiccup would have been awkward. Yeah. Um, I've been stuck in Auckland before, but it was on the way back. Yeah. Um, so they were able, cause what happened was that my plane was delayed. So I was getting off the plane when the other plane was taking off. Right. There was no way to get through customs and yeah. across. Um, so they booked me on another flight seven hours later, and I just sat in Auckland Airport for seven hours. I got myself some airport sushi and sat in Auckland Airport for yeah. seven hours. Wonderful. Um, going the other way would have been much more complicated because that flight that we got from LA to, or sorry, from Auckland to LA is once a day. So yeah. we would have been stuck there for 24 hours and then obviously would have missed our connection yeah. flight to, to Dublin. Um, which would have been horrible. Um, but if it was caused by the airline, they would have had to sort that out, yeah. I think. Um, but it still wouldn't have been fun for us. I was thinking the other way around. Coming back this way? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have minded as much coming back this way, really. Yeah. Um, because we're coming home, you know? Yeah. It's not as not as severe an issue because you can sort stuff out like you know the, our main concern would have been getting in touch with the cattery i guess and be yeah, like yeah. hey we're gonna be a day late to yeah. <laughs> pick up hey, a boy we're stuck in la <laughs> yeah that la um can you stride for one more day please yeah uh, yeah it's it's very very bizarre and like the the routes these people go through to get home I think that's, like, the whole point of it, but it's just, it just shows that, like, we completely built our civilizations on, like, road usage, and then when road usage takes too long, you just have to fly. Mm. It's like, you look at other countries' um, train networks versus um, America's, and it's, it's, it's like, it's getting worse every year. Mm. Like, the only thing they really use it for is, like, movement of stuff rather than people i mean that's what a lot of the train situation is here in new zealand never used to be yeah so the government sold it to um i think it was a french company um and they basically just ran into the ground and then sold it back to the government because they're like well either it's just going to disappear and you don't have rail network or you can just buy it off us so we just made a profit and profit for like every single year because we never put any money back into it um, because that was my go-to when I was younger yeah. to get around the country. Yeah. I mean, in Ireland, it's re- it's pretty handy to get around by train. Yeah. 
Um, or by bus. We do have we do have buses that go all over the place. I think trains are nicer than buses. I mean, yes, but buses can get more places. True. Would be would be the difference that the trains mostly go to cities, whereas if you're living rurally, um, you can get a bus there and bus, you know, to your nearest small town or village. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd love to. If there were, I feel like if there were trains. Passenger passenger trains that went like all around New Zealand. There was I would a, get um, on a, a bunch of them. There was a uh, like a weird train. I think they shut it down. They were threatened to shut it down, and then people complained, and they booked a bunch of tickets, and they were like, "Oh, great, it's pro- profitable again," and they kept it going. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Um, um, it's gonna drive me nuts. Someone on the you know on the comments is gonna well, someone listening is gonna be like, it was called this, you idiot. Um, <laughs> it's gonna drive me nuts. I'm just gonna look it up now. Yep. I'm spelling trips wrong. Um, I think it was in the South Island. Um, Transalpine. That's the one. That's still going, right? It says it's still here. That's the one that goes from the west coast to the east coast. Cre- uh, Christchurch to Greymouth. Yeah, yeah. My parents yeah. are going on that. Nice. It's not too bad. We could do it. It's only like two hundred forty bucks per person. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a nice next time we go to South Island. Maybe exploring the Southern Alps aboard the Transalpine train. When we one have of the more world's money. greatest train journeys, covering two hundred and twenty-three kilometers, or for people that don't know how to put zeros on things, one hundred and thirty-nine miles. One way for five hours. I could do a five-hour train. Yeah, I think it'd be nice. It's like basically right from one coast to the east coast to the west coast. Yeah. Cool. It goes through Arthur's Pass, I think. Yeah. Which is where your favorite birds hang out. Yeah, my favorite birds. Your favorite birds. You love them. They are the words. You love those birds. Um, So Planes, Trains and Automobiles was inspired by an actual flight that John Hughes took. Um, which was a New York to Chicago flight that did land in Wichita, Kansas. Um, And it took him five days to get home. Jesus. So (laughs) I can understand when you do that and then you're like, I'm going to write. He wrote the script in three days, um, which apparently is not unusual for John Hughes. He must just like, just whip out scripts all the time. Um, I wonder, did that experience also color his decision on how to uh, write that portion of Home Alone. Maybe. Uh, considering he wrote both movies. Um, yeah, do you, do you want to get into trivia stuff? Yeah, or do you go, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so the car rental scene, which is which is a lot of fun. Um, it's exactly one minute long from the time that Steve Martin starts uh, his speech uh, to the time that the attendant ends the scene. Uh, in that 60 seconds, the F word is used 19 times. <laughs> um, it was one of the scenes that convinced Steve Martin to actually do the movie. Yeah. He he read two scenes. Well, I think he read the whole script, but there was two scenes in particular that he was like, yeah, this is it. It was this one and the um, adjusting the seat in the car. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I've got to do this movie. Um, so the, the thing about that movie, that scene is that uh, if it, if that scene wasn't in the movie, then it would have been rated PG or PG thirteen in America, and in most places because and that one scene is the only reason it's not PG. Yeah. But there is one country in the world where it was released as PG, even with that scene still in it. So they didn't care that the the F word was used nineteen times, uh, and that country is New Zealand. Yay. <laughs> Uh, we already talked about no transportation company wanting to to appear inept or, or deficient by appearing yeah. in the movie. That includes rental companies, so they had to design like a whole, um, they had to like literally design a whole rent-a-car company, logo, uniforms, etc. They had to use, refurbish old railroad cars and use unused sections of, of train track sure. for the train scenes. Um, they had to build a set that looked like an airline terminal because the airports didn't want them wow. filming inside them. Because <laughs> no one wanted to be seen as, as that bad. As the house that Steve Martin's character owns uh, is also a set that was built from scratch. So it was seven rooms and took five months to complete and cost $100,000 to make. So they literally spent $100,000 building a house that was a set for this movie, which is crazy. 
Um, Dylan Baker, our favorite, Colin Sweeney from The Good Wife, for people who watch The Good Wife. Um, He created the character of Owen himself. So, like, the snorts and the spitting and the the facial tics and stuff that he does, he just made all those up himself. There was nothing in a script about them. What about the skinny wife? Um, so she, the, the actress who plays her is Luli Newcomb, and she said that it was so difficult to keep a straight face while filming the scene with him, because yeah. he just was, like, being ridiculous. Um, there was, there's, like, a whole lot of, for actually for both movies, lots of the IMDb trivia is about other actors who were considered for various roles. Right. Um, but the only ones I've taken down because I thought it was funny because it connects him with another piece of trivia from him um, was that John Goodman was considered for the role of Dell, which is John Candy's yeah. character in uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, and Rick Moranis was considered for the role of Neil, which is funny to me because one of the things that happens in that movie that's not scripted is John Candy sings the Flintstones theme song, yeah. which he did because apparently the Flintstones was his actual favorite cartoon. Right. Um, and then John Goodman and Rick Moranis went on to play Fred and Barney in the live action yeah. Flintstones movie. So I thought that was funny because it could have been them in that scene. <laughs> um, for Home Alone, uh, the role of Uncle Frank apparently was written for Kelsey Grammer. Okay, that's so Which weird. is so... I, can, I literally can't imagine Kelsey Grammer in that role. What, yeah. a, what a weird fact. Um, despite Kevin being home alone, he's never seen in his own bedroom. That's true. There's not a single scene where he enters his own bedroom. That's true. In the whole movie. Because he doesn't even sleep in his own room because they send him to the parents, attic. Yeah, sleeps in his parents' room. And yeah. he destroys Buzz's room. Yeah. Bizarre. It's very strange. I d- had never considered it before. Yeah. Um... I'll skip this fact for the moment, so we'll come back to it a little bit later. Um, so the special effects for Home Alone were all done by one guy, Kevin Nordine, or Nordine. Um, he did them in the basement of his parents' house in Chicago. Uh, he drew all the effects in onto the directly onto the film, um, and he did it for a few hundred dollars at a time. He would just like draw special effects onto the. What no. special effects are in there? I don't even know. I'm not even sure what special effects there are. That's bizarre. What, like, <laughs> they have one guy doing VFX maybe and he's just like, drawing directly onto the thing. Maybe the only thing I could think of is when Marv gets hit in the head with a BB and you see the BB hit him and he just screams. Mm, there's the firecrackers and things, maybe? No, I'm but pretty they sure they would have done that off. for real, for real. Yeah. I don't, I legitimately don't know what special effects he did. But he did them all from his parents' basement, just drawing directly onto the film. Wow. So good on him. Um, the people... I thought this was fun, because it's about the um, angels with filthy souls. Yeah. <laughs> so the two actors who are in that, uh, Ralph Foodie and Michael Guido, or Guido, um, they were originally cast in the opposite roles as Snakes and Johnny. Um but the guy who was supposed to play Snakes was recovering from knee surgery, so they got him to play Johnny instead so he could be sitting down and be, you know, behind the desk. Yeah. Um, so the other guy has joked that because they switched, he became the only actor in the movie who couldn't reprise his role for the sequel because he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> because no one else died in those yeah, movies. Yeah, um. The, oh yeah, so John Candy in this movie. I know that's he's he's our focus for this yeah, movie. Yeah. Do you want to guess what John Candy was paid for being in Home Alone? Four hundred dollars. Yes. Wow. How did, how did you guess that? I don't know. It was just the, I just pictured a four in my head, and I was like, four thousand yeah. seems like a lot of money to be in like two four, scenes. Four hundred and fourteen dollars. Wow. Um, he did it as a More favor. More money than he had in his wallet. Yeah, he did it as a favor to John or to um, John Hughes. Uh, improvised pretty much every line that yeah. he says in the whole movie, um, and he had uh, agreed to be paid to scale, but then was not happy afterwards when he only got paid four hundred and fourteen dollars because that was less than the guy who played the pizza delivery boy. Wow! Um, so literally, big name like John Candy in your movie, yeah. you pay him four hundred bucks, <laughs> which is a tiny amount of money. Um, 
the oh no, I think I've covered most of this. Um, yeah, everything else on here is stuff I've already mentioned. Uh, the only other one that I left out was related to the budget and box office situation. So I thought we'd talk about budget and box office before we actually go into that fact. Um, do you want to guess the budget for either of these films? Um, 80s. House cost $100,000 to make. Yeah. Um, had to build an, an entire airport. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Just a terminal. <laughs> I don't know. 1. 1.3, 1. 1.5. Uh, multiply that by 10. 13 million. 15 million. 15 so million. So a budget of 15 million for planes, trains, and automobiles. Okay. What do you think Home Alone is? 28. 18. Oh, okay. So they're very similar. I, I got an eight right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half the, half the battle right there. <laughs> well, you got a, a tenth of the other one, yeah, yeah. 1.5. Um, what do you think about the box office situation? They had roughly the same budget. Do you think they had roughly the same no, box I'm office? No, I'm pretty sure Home Alone made like hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> you would be correct yeah. in that assumption. You can keep that four in your mind from earlier. Um, Home Alone made $476.6 million at box nice. office. Uh, whereas planes, trains, and automobiles made forty nine point five million, still pretty good compared to the budget. Yeah, but uh, nothing compared to Home Alone. Do you know what I find really interesting? Um, the going to talk about what we covered previously, which is horror movies. Mm-hmm. Horror movies always make bank. Right. They always make bank because they're cheap to make because you film everything in the dark. The makeup effects don't have to be like, as soon as a person's killed, you know, you can film around, Yeah. you know. Um, there's very few flops. So anybody out there who happened to stumble across It Takes Two because they're interested in movies mm-hmm. um, and movie movie making, try making a horror movie. You can do it <laughs> as grainy and as shaky as you possibly want with the equipment you've got. Yeah, you don't and, need to spend $15 million. Yeah, you, don't, you can spend a couple of, couple of grand... What more clerks is like the the holy grail of like indie filmmaking, and it costs them like twenty three thousand dollars. You could be you could be the next Kevin Smith. Just make a horror movie. It took him ages to make a horror movie. Two horror movies. He made two horror movies. You realize you said mall clerks. Mall clerks. Jesus. That's a combination of two. Yeah, Kevin yeah, Smith exactly. Movies. Just clerks. Yeah, <laughs> mall clerks. Mall clerks. And rats. Rats. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the other the other IMDb trivia fact was that Home Alone was the highest grossing movie of 1990 domestically in the United States. Uh, highest grossing internationally was Ghost. I was going to say, like, what else the movies came out in, like... Well, Ghost is one. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> um, I was going to say Little Mermaid, but I think that was 89 and Beauty and the Beast was 91. So maybe that was a, a year between two Disney movies, which might make sense for for not... Disney not not taking box office there. Um, okay, interesting. Die Hard Two came out. Days of Thunder, Total Recall, Hunt for Red October, hmm. um, Robocop Two, Predator Two, a lot of sequels a in nineteen ninety. Sequels. Um, so was Silence of the Lambs nineteen ninety? No, that would have come up in your list there. Yeah, no. Back to the Future Three. Well, that came out in 89, I believe. Oh, okay. I think 2 and 3 both came out in 89. Memphis, Kindergarten Cop, Tremors. Yeah, I can understand why none of these are as well as Home Alone. Yeah, there's Misery, <laughs> Home Arachnophobia, Alone. It, Edward Scissorhands. Maybe those are just 90s movies. Um, interesting. Yeah. Well done. So, anything more you want to say about these, or you want to wrap it up? Uh, I think we can wrap it up. Um, you can find us in the footnotes. Uh, we are on Discord. We are on our own website. It takes two.co.nz. You can rate us on certain platforms, and please do if you enjoy this podcast. Not just this episode, the podcast in general. Mm. We need more people listening. Share it with your friends. 
I know that's a big ask. I know call like I mentioned every other episode, you only get one call to action, but this is like the, the wrap up part. You probably even skipped what I'm talking and gone on to the next episode. Or listening to completely something different. You know? Yeah. We are gonna try something slightly different for I know. our next episode. I'm not used to, oh next episode, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You've given me some time to prepare myself. No, um which is uh we are going to attempt to have but based on some feedback. Kind of. We're going to attempt to do a uh, purposely child-friendly episode. Oh, yes. For our next episode. Um, because one of our potential listeners is a child who wants to listen. Yeah. Um, so we're going to give children something to listen to. Um, and then we'll be into our Christmas episodes. Yay! It's a coming. Yay! <laughs> Woo! Sweaty rants from me. Yeah. Well, we should hopefully, hopefully have... Um, some some fun with our our Hallmark Christmas episode. At least this year. one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, spoilers. I mean, no, we haven't told them why, so it's not spoilers. But yeah, so and then we've got a regular Christmas episode after that. So it's gonna be some fun times. Lots of lots of fun, exciting stuff coming up. And if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, go have a go have a look and see if there's anything you want to listen to. Yeah, and we if you have, it. we appreciate you for carrying on and keeping with us. Yeah, thank As you. As our audio quality gets better and oh, yeah, our taking gets worse. Well, hopefully this one sounds good because this is the first one we're recording on like an actual computer as opposed to a 10-year-old shitty laptop. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so hopefully that has improved the quality to some extent. Thank you for listening, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.